Hello and welcome again to the Franco Observer. I am your host, Jason Rudy, and uh, welcome to this the third episode of the Franco Observer. Uh, episode 1, we reviewed Count Dracula. In episode 2, we did Voodoo Passion. And now in this third one, we tackle um, an interesting film by Jess Franco. Um, as we talk about later, or as I talk about later with Eric, um, it was a film that was originally credited to Erwin C. Dietrich, his uh, producer of this film and 15 others, a total of 16 he did with him um, in the 70s, like it was like 75 to 78 or something like that. Um, 77. But um, yeah, anyway, this film is um, White Skin and Black Thighs. And uh, it was one of three quickie uh, kind of sex films um, that he did. Uh, this one, uh, Girls in the Night Traffic and uh, Around the World in 80 Beds. Um, those three they did really fast. Um, this film was... Um, I'll give you all the uh, credits and all that stuff like I usually do in the beginning. Uh, alternate titles. Um, so yeah, it's... Uh, the German title, of course, and then the translation is White Skin and Black Thighs. Um, it uh, was shot in Zurich between March 8th through the 13th of 76, and it was released on July 29th of 1976 in West Germany. Uh, so basically, this came out as a hardcore film, and the hardcore ti- uh, running time was uh, 73 minutes, which is weird because... Uh, Oh, no, I'm sorry, that's the softcore version. Okay, the hardcore version ran uh, 79 minutes and 30 seconds. The softcore version that we watched was uh, 74 minutes, so it's basically about uh, about four and a half minutes shorter. Um, I believe it was a scene with uh, Kali Hansa and uh, Pilar Cole. I think it was that uh, scene was with them, because when we watched it, this, the music in that scene jumped, and... Uh, yeah, so you tell it was that, but, um, but yeah. Anyway, so um, this is one of the sixteen films he did for Dietrich. Um, I didn't really like it. It's okay. Uh, you'll hear more about that in the in the uh, review portion of the film. Um, but uh, it was interesting because they shot this film with the other three pretty much back to back, and this and Girls in the Night Traffic. Uh, upon research uh, from uh, Flowers of Perversion. Um, they share a lot of the same sets, the same actors and locations um, between this and Girls in the Night Traffic. Um, so that's one thing that uh, they have together on everything. Um, there are no credits in the film itself. Um, stills are different than what you see on the cover, which is my pet peeve. Is There's a picture of Jess Franco on the cover, um, with uh, Diata Fatu, and she's naked, and he's kissing her, and Franco's not even in the film, even though on the DVD cover he's uh, on there, and they have another actress on the cover as well. Um, Esher Mosher, I think, is, is who that is, and she's in the front when she's not in that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so basically, yeah, filmed pretty much simultaneously with Girls in the Night Traffic, props and actors are shared 
between the two productions. This is the second of three hardcore quickies shot entirely on indoor sets upstairs at the restaurant Gastonoff Nyhaus in Zurich. For years, the film was impossible to see, having never been released on video anywhere in the world. That was the situation with uh, that. Um, the review of the film, we, we go over every, every, everything about that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so basically there is a, the version that I got was part of the Jess Franco Golden Goy collection through Ascot Elite, the German import DVDs. Um, this ran about 38 40 bucks somewhere around that. Um, I, I can't really recommend it unless you're a completist and you want to own every Jess Franco film. There are much better Jess Franco films. Um, like I talked about before, watching it, you could see Franco probably shot it because he's not in it. <clears throat> and uh, But the style, the episodic nature, and a lot of the scenes that looked like they were maybe shot for something else and just strung together in here look like more Dietrich style. So uh, like um, The Young Seducers and Rolls Royce Baby. You know, it reminded me of Rolls Royce Baby with portions like that. So... Um, but I still like Rolls Royce Baby a lot more than this film. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, as we're watching, I'm thinking about maybe to kind of knock out all the Dietrich films, maybe do those, do all 16 of those. Um, cause we've done Voodoo Passion and now this one. And, uh, that might be where we're going to go before we go into the more mainstream stuff like, uh, uh, 99 women, girl from Rio, Fu Manchu films, um, Vampiros Lesbos, She Killed in Ecstasy, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, um, but uh, that should be it on that. Uh, I just purchased my 85th Jess Franco film, uh, Vampire Blues, one of his later ones, and I'll be getting that on uh, about the time this episode drops. So, uh, yeah, plenty of episodes ahead. Thank you for listening. Um, getting good counts seeing there's people listening basically from California where we live and all the way to New York and uh, Madrid, Spain and in Germany as well, which was really awesome to have two people listening around the world. So thank you for listening and uh, please tell your friends, please share this with people. Uh, the more people that listen makes me push harder and do better. So, uh, I appreciate the support of those that like this and keep listening. So uh, this is Jason Rudy signing off for this portion. And uh, please listen to the review part. It's good with me and Eric. And we talk about the film White Skin and Black Thighs. Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Franco Observer. I am your host, Jason Rudy, and I am here again with my co-host, Mr. Eric Whitwell, who has a very rambunctious stomach this evening, something he ate or drank. It's been making loud noises all day. Um, so first, get the technical stuff out of the way. Um, Started the first episode with a condenser mic, second episode switched to a dynamic mic. For this third episode, I bought a little mixer board and uh, some cables to hook everything through, but it didn't uh, work right, so i got to get another cable for the mic or some adapters. And then, uh, So we're back to the dynamic mic for the, second ep- for the third episode like we used in the second episode. 
So I'm going to get that out of the way. Um, so you're going to hear some of the passing of mics back and forth. But ideally, from probably episode four on, I uh, want to have Eric with a mic, I with a mic, so there's no passing back and forth. And uh, All right, so uh, without much ado, um, today's episode is uh, one of the um, interesting films that... Just Franco, I guess, directed. There's been a lot of controversy whether he directed it or not. Um, it's kind of scattered, this whole sh- film and everything. So I'm going to take this step by step. Um, this film is called White Skin on Black Thighs or White Skin and Black Thighs. It, yeah, it said that in two different places. So it had two different one place had white skin on black thighs, and the other place had a list as white skin and black thighs. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it started off as on, and then it changed to and. But, yeah, I think it's white skin. But there's also, like, white hands on black thighs, too. I've seen it listed as. I don't know. Anyway, very odd movie. Um, this was one of the 16 films that uh, Just Franco did for Erwin C. Dietrich, uh, the German producer, that uh, is probably of all of his. F- I mean, he has a lot of nudity in all of his films, but in these set of films, they that he really focused on a lot of nudity and hardcore nudity. And a lot of these films have two versions. Like this one we watched tonight was the softcore version, and I think it's like four minutes shorter with the hardcore inserts. Um, we could tell that definitely during a Kali Hansa scene with the guy's wife, and then. Uh, a scene with the psychiatrist guy. I think there's some footage that was cut from that, but maybe like two scenes. Um, so anyway, yeah, this was uh, white skin on black, th- white skin and black thighs. Um, it was filmed uh, March 8th through the 13th of 1976. And it came out uh, like just a couple months later. I'll go through all that in the opening um, before all this. Um, this was a really interesting film uh, to be up front right off the front. I I didn't really like it. Um, I mean, it was funny and it was interesting and there's some cool stuff to it, but it was just so f- frickin' repetitious. Um, the black walls after a while was just bugging the fuck out of me. Um, basically, what this movie is, is it's basically uh, starts off in like a strip club type place and the lady's doing a dance the lead actress and this guy is like really obsessed with her and they leave together and uh after they have sex she like jumps out the window and like tries to kill herself the guy's taken away held in jail while his wife investigates what happened to her husband and tries to get behind it which is the storyline used in center uh earlier by jess franco which to be perfectly honest with you, I haven't watched it yet, but I've read about it and know about it and all that. And uh, that's a much better film, but he used the same basic storyline of a guy set up in the beginning, and then as the film progresses, you see if he's guilty or not guilty or what led to the situation. Um, with this film, he, there's the opening nude dance scene, which th- there's always dance sequences in most of his films. Um I don't know. I before like I always try to stay with the formula, so I was going to ask Eric. You know, w- w- what did you think of the movie? Uh, yeah, it was it was kind of like 
watching a porn without the porn activity. Like it was, uh, there were scenes that just didn't make sense, um, that didn't really fit in, but they were actually kind of humorous to watch. Uh, the green man scene in particular was hilarious. Um, it was, there was probably about, I would like to say maybe about 10 minutes of actual story plot and about an hour and four minutes of gyrating nudity, you know, and, uh, there were, I mean, there were some actually some really cool shots in there. The the fact that it was it seemed like it was filmed in the same room um, made it kind of like theater like like you're watching a play. Um, but yeah, it was it had some scenes that I won't forget that that really kind of kind of had me, me laughing had us had us laughing. So yeah, we'll go into the little green man as as the as the uh, story progresses. But yeah, just like Eric said, basically like the first. Five to ten minutes. I mean, it's still a lot of dance sequences and stuff, but it had a basic story structure in the beginning, and then the whole middle, this second, third, or fourth act, whatever, just all that was just nothing. It was almost like he had filmed some scenes from another movie or something and decided to, like, I don't know, it, it, it was very disjointed. Um, so, anyway, not jumping ahead. So, anyway, so uh, the guy has sex with the woman and uh, she jumps out the window. The wife comes in to investigate. She meets um, the woman who jumped out the window is the lead actress. Her character's name is um, Marja. And uh, so she investigates Marja and meets Marja's girlfriend, uh, Lena, who is played by Kali Hansa. And Kali Hansa's in a lot of these films. Uh, it was cool to see her act in this. Um, she's like a mix between Mary Warnov, a little Karen Black, a little Annette Haven. Uh, she's very, very cool looking. Um so yeah, so basically the wife comes in and talks to her and then she like shows her her vagina and then the uh Lena tells her just to go to sleep at her house. And then this is like the weirdest part of the movie is like the the wife falls asleep on the sheepskin uh fucking throw that is in every shot of the movie is this is this white sheepskin throw. It's on the bed. It's on the floor. It's in the club. It's it's part of everything. It's in the dream sequences. It's it's just everywhere. So yeah, that's one thing too. <clears throat> before I go into the scene, the dream sequence, uh, he used a lot of the same furniture and sets. All it's like the walls are painted black or with a black fabric as to to simulate a a wall, and then that was the club. That was the uh, dream sequence. It was. Uh, Lena's house it was like every room was that same thing but they just changed the room around put in different beds put in different things uh, reused a lot of the same props the bird cages uh, the lights hanging from the ceiling and other things sometimes it works most of the time it didn't but it was it was an interesting attempt um, we were talking too looking at like how it was made and it was like the actor's budget and then like that's probably it in film because it's just so so threadbare with the locations and there's no, ex there's one or two exterior stock shots of like a beach town or something, but you never see the actors walk in and out of doorways. You don't see them in the street. There's no outside shots at all. Everything's all indoors. Um, the jail cell, the dance club, the apartments, the, uh, psychiatrist room, the basement anyway. So, so yeah, so she goes over to lady's house, 
uh, shows her vagina, goes to sleep. And then the the wife has this dream sequence uh, where she takes, in reality, she takes the uh, the lady's house where she's staying at, sleeping on her bed. She borrows her stuffed animal and starts rubbing herself uh, with the stuffed animal as she's uh, having a dream sequence of uh, fucking her husband in prison, um, which was shot really well. Actually, that black room looked really well. They shot it through a grate, and it was very minimal, but it but it worked for that shot. And you know, okay, and it's and it was filmed really well, I thought, and that was like a hot scene and such. But then halfway through it's like she started dreaming about another thing, you know if it was a nightmare or what, where she was uh chained up to a like a cross of some kind and uh there was about five or six guys in the room and they're just laying around as the steam was coming by or the fog was coming by them and uh Lena's character walked through and was like whipping them and shit. And then talked to her on the cross, and then all the guys ravaged Lena, and then they ravaged her. Uh, it's it just weird. It was like, and then it cut back to her and her husband again, and I don't know. It was just fucking weird. Uh, yeah, and then so then it went from like the man's wife fantasy dream sequence. Um, but I will say my favorite shot in the film was uh, the sh- the shot after her climax. It was lit and filmed really well. Um, the shadow was across her as the scene came through and it was in like a slow motion and it, it actually looked, uh, to me, that was my, my, my favorite shot of the film. Um, so then, uh, she wakes up, the Lena comes back in and has the diary of, uh, Mark, uh, that she, uh, well, to rewind when the wife comes over to talk to her, she's, uh, says, Hey, you know, I want to talk to you as Marga's girlfriend to see uh, what what happened to her, see why what's up with my husband. So then she reads from Marga's diary to see if she has any clues of what happened that night with her husband. Anyway, so then as she reads the, her diary, which is other scenes filmed, we learn of Marga, how she was, her mother was a prostitute and was killed, and then she was uh, taken in by this other woman, and then she meet this psychiatrist, um, and then you learn about her and the psychiatrist and the patients the psychiatrist was treating and about how he got all, every two or th- two different women patients nude and then was fucking them as they were under. But the best part was uh, when the first one was hypnotized by him, she went into a basement for some reason and was uh, talking about a witch who told her she was going to have sex with a little green man, like a Martians, and Eric remarked that it was like Twin Peaks or something. And then she goes down this basement, and then you hear this little voice of the, hey, it's like a German, <laughs> but it's like a, I don't know if it was Jess Frank or who it was. And uh, so it's like a cucumber or a zucchini. I think it was a cucumber. And uh, she basically has sex with this cucumber for no reason and sticks her boobs through the thing. But... Um, I'm going to go ahead and pass the mic over to Eric because I think that was his favorite scene in the whole film. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, it was hilarious. It was hilarious. She goes down there because, uh, yeah, she there's this little green man that she's going to give herself to. That's going to be her first experience. She's supposed to keep herself pure until she meets this green man. I don't know what that had to do with anything of the movie. No idea. But I was thankful for the scene anyways. Um she goes hit she's hypnotized she goes down in this basement like he's Jason was saying and you just hear the, that weird voice and he's like I'm over here you know 
bring me to yours, something like that. And all of a sudden she reaches through the, the bars that she first has pressed her breast between, so they're actually pinched on either side. Wood, too. Yeah, wood, like splintered wood, too. It wasn't even like nice, smooth wood. It looks splintered wood. And um, really weird, man. She's like going up and down. It's, it's It makes no sense. I mean, I, yeah. Um, then all of a sudden she reaches through the grate and pulls out this long cucumber. This long cucumber. And it's just, and it's talking to her. And it's like, she puts her hands down below, I think, and she goes, I want to go there, too. I want to go there, too. <laughs> and so, like, she pulls, and she just starts, like, grinding this 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 cucumber that's talking to her at the same time. And in the meantime, the psychiatrist is, first of all, his women patients come in, and he says, go ahead and take off your clothes. And then they get fully nude and then lay on the couch, and he starts to talk to them. Yeah, then he hypnotizes it, and he tells this one, stay asleep, stay asleep, and he has sex with her. Yeah, what, wow. Yeah, and then when he was done, he goes downstairs and finds her gyrating with this cucumber, and then says it's time for his pink fellow. I guess now it's time for my pink fellow or something like that to be with yeah, you. Yeah, you know, the green band, time for the pink fellow. Yeah, it was, yeah. Ah, yeah, I don't know, man. It was hilarious, though. Like, I was not mad about that scene. It, it really cracked me up. Yeah, just the, the green man talking. That was hilarious. But yeah, I have no idea why that was there. Yeah, so why was the psychiatrist in the film? What, what was your reasoning for the psychiatrist? Because I know I'll I'll go into what I was obsessed with, but you talk about the psychiatrist. Like, what was his motive for being in the film? To have a male figure have sex with women? I mean, like, I, I honestly, like, I mean, he tied it, it all ties in with the 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 last remaining five minutes of story plot, but I'm not sure why. Okay. Maybe it was like to show like his domination over women, you know, as a psychiatrist, because then all of a sudden he kind of becomes uh Marga's slave. He says, I'm your slave. Right. So maybe it's shown the transformation of him being this powerful figure to like, now he's like the slave figure. But like what we were talking about is like you you see the scene of him hypnotizing the two women and what he says and stuff. But and this is written in her diary. But how would she know what he said to him and what he's doing to him if it's from his point of view and she's not in the room and he's never told her these stories? It's just she just knows this about him. So that that, that part was weird. Like we were saying, we think he has almost like two or three mov- movies that they was edited together or whatever. So it's like. For a long time, this was like known to be an Irwin C. Dietrich film under a pseudonym of Michael Thomas that was found on a poster. Uh, this film played in like 76, 77 and then was never really shown again. Um, so when this Blu-ray came out through the German company, um, they put out all the Irwin C. Dietrich uh, 15 of his films. Um, Franco claimed that he directed this and uh, Dietrich went ahead and put his name on or Franco's name as the director after he died. And then when this came out, so I don't know, it's, there's some Franco shots like the, the, the zoom to the female genitalia and, and, and some of the sequences I can see, but there's a lot of other Edward C. Dietrich stuff, especially the, the psychology to it in the end of how it wraps up with the wife and the husband. And basically uh, the husband gets out of jail. They figure out that, you know, the woman jumped out the window and everything was cool. And then she gives a testimony that the guy didn't push her out the window. And so the police let him out 
And then the he tells his wife, hey, I'm sorry I was a pig. I cheated on you. And the wife says, well, no, you know, it's not your fault. It's my fault because I wasn't a good enough lover for you as a wife. And I didn't do my wifely duties. And that was really odd to see in uh, 2020. We just kind of like, wow, okay. Am I going to do it and fly today? So, yeah, it was kind of an odd wrap-up. And that's more like uh, Irwin C. Dietrich, I think, um, watching uh, The Young Seducers 1 and 2 and Rolls-Royce Baby of his. I, I can kind of see the sequences, how they fit together, and just, I don't know. I, I I think he might have directed this with Franco, even though Franco said that Dietrich didn't want to direct it and he directed it, but Dietrich did direct other things. So I don't know. I, I think this is a co-production just like, uh, around the world in 80 beds, uh, Mondo Erotico is going to be, and that's kind of the same with this. So I'm not looking forward. Well, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to it, but um, my hopes aren't going to be high for this. Um, so yeah, this film, I kind of like, is one of the lesser known films. Like I had said, it was really never available on DVD or VHS or Blu-ray or anything. Um, to the, uh, so to the people watching at home, this will be on YouTube. Uh, but I'm going to be showing the camera, this cover that I'm talking about right now. Um, this is part of the Jess Franco Golden Goya collection, which is 16 Blu-rays put out through Ascot Elite Home home entertainment. Uh, I got this through Davidi company through their Amazon, um, storefront through Amazon. And, uh, you kind of have to go through a couple of links and you'll find it. Um, this is the second one I've got. I've ordered five so far. I got downtown coming, uh, Mondo erotica and, um, one more. Oh, uh, girls in the night traffic. So those three are coming. And then I got, um, wicked women. And then this one, um, white skin on black thighs, white skin and black thighs. But what, so Eric was hung up on the psychologist character in the film. I'm hung up by this fucking cover of this DVD. Uh, and it even talks about it in, uh, um, the, um, Stephen Thor books, how Jess Frank. So, okay. So basically on the cover of this DVD, you have Jess Franco kissing the lead actress, um, and she's like completely nude and he's like kissing her on the lips and she's kind of smiling he has his hand on her thighs, the, uh, white skin on black thighs. So you kind of see that. So that's like totally not in the movie at all or nothing. Jess Frank was not even in the movie and there was that, Oh yeah, he only acted in it, but he's not even in and he's not in the hardcore scenes or the softcore scenes. So that still, I think was just, I don't know, taken to for the poster so they can get that white hand on black skin or I don't know. Um, and then to the left of it is another woman who's not even in the movie, who's completely nude. Um, she's amazing. I thought she was going to be in the film. She's not on it. And then below them is, uh, now that I see, if I watched it, that's the lead actress, uh, Marja, yeah, dancing. And you actually see the white sheepskin on the front cover as well, which is nice. So they even get the sheepskin on the front fucking cover, get the full use out of it. But, uh, yeah, it's a nice cover. It's, uh, just Franco Golden Goya collection, uh, Weissen, Hotoff, Schwarzen, Schneiklin. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so this is the nice, uh, I, I do recommend these collections. I can't really recommend this film unless you're a completist like me and you gotta have every Franco film, like say you have them all. But, um, but yeah, it's, it, the print's really good. Oh, there was, uh, a cool extra too. That was, uh, with the actor who played the psychologist in this. And he's actually a really interesting German guy. That's all about sex and making 
or adult films and such. What did you think about the little uh, like ten minute documentary? Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was pretty. Uh, it was interesting because you know you're seeing him now, like nowadays, and he's looking back and he's talking about it's like the sex of the future and like people are going to be having sex for ten hours a day and the man must perform and the man must he must always have a within a, if a woman gets within a hundred feet or something like that like a man becomes rock hard he always becomes rock hard yeah. and it's uh he had this but he had this uh this uh idea that he was really kind of pushing that like i'll let you explain that that's yeah it was the uh orgasm meditation will oh yeah o-m-w and it's the orgasm meditation will and he he had a whole um philosophy and psychology about sexuality with men and women and about how men are portrayed men are portrayed in modern sexuality compared to the past and about how there's a tension and you must always the resistance. And then once you break the, break the tension, the erotism explodes from the breaking of the tension between the two. And that, that part was really interesting. And, and I do agree with that, but some of his other stuff was pretty strong. Um, but yeah, so I don't know, I guess, uh, closing thoughts. Um, there's a really good look at women in this film. Um, Kali Hansa is great. Layla Pace Marge is great. Um, uh, a lot of flaccid European genitalia. Um, uh, a lot of black walls. A lot of sheepskin. Um, some cool fog. Um, the dance sequence with Kali Hansa and Marja and shit was really cool. I thought that was actually filmed really well. The orange light, red light, green light. Uh, the fog and the dry ice and all that. That that was pretty cool. There's some good stuff with that. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, I don't know. I I, I can't. I really can't recommend this film um, unless you're a completist. It's interesting. I mean, it's not a piece of shit or nothing. Um, Kelly Hansa, I liked her a lot in this, so I'll, I'll, I'll give it a positive nod because of her. But yeah, Jess Franco does not act in it. He directs only part of it. Um, I don't know what what what's your what's your thought about it, Eric? If you would say it to people, it's uh if if you want to have a movie that you don't really have to pay close attention to, um, it's it, it's it has fun moments in it, and I mean there were a couple of scenes I thought were really cool. I love the way they were shot. There was a dance sequence that was a the the club of people all dancing, and I like the the gyrating lights and the spotlight on that, the way that the motion of it and the way that was shot. I thought that was really cool. And uh, yeah, the dance sequences with the, with the fog and the, the dry ice. Yeah, that was beautiful. Like the way that was shot. Um, a lot of nice tight, uh, vagina shots. Well, I, I don't, I, well, I didn't delve in that deep. I couldn't tell how tight they were. Um, but <laughs> just, I mean, yeah, it's a, uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, there, there's definitely it has its moments. It has its good moments of art, artistry and um, good filmmaking in certain scenes. But yeah, it's not really a movie you watch. Like you don't. Yeah, you don't host a party for this movie. You know what I mean? It's a movie if you want to have some laughs with some friends and you know. And I think Jess Franco actually. I think he did act. I think he was the green guy. I think he was the voice There's between. Voice, I think so. Yeah, I think he might have been the voice behind the green man that was actually a cucumber. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's I don't know. It's it's um, it, it's it was fun. It was fun, but I, I definitely it's not a movie that I'm gonna 
uh, spend some a long time in trying to uh, fully understand every aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, but I will fucking go into this fucking cover again. The back, the back says uncut version, which is bullshit because this is the softcore version, not the hardcore version. So it is cut. Jess Frank was not on the cover. The other lady on the cover is not in it as well. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. But if you get past all that, um, it was a good-looking print. The The copies really well. Um, it's a good good collection. I don't know. Um yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what Eric said. I mean, there's there's some, you know, it's it's something that you could put on in the background with with the music off, and or, I mean, with the volume off and have music playing or something, and it's perfectly fine. It's you know, something you don't have to pay attention to. But uh, yeah, I, I I wouldn't tell you to go out and spend thirty forty bucks on it like I did. <laughs> so yeah, well, you know, it's uh, it's I I pay for the entertainment of doing this podcast for everybody. So you know, you live and learn. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's another brick on the wall. Yeah. So and uh, a few more films coming. I'll I'll have eighty five films now. Like yeah, I got Vampire Blues coming in next week too. So that's the eighty fifth film. But so yeah, so we got eighty five so far, and I think I can get to about ninety before I start like having trouble because I found um, this guy on eBay from Greece that I found uh, Juliet and the Whip. Um, and I found uh, there's like four or five of his films I've written down, but yeah, so I found like four or five ones that were kind of hard to get. Uh, of course, they're bootleg. They're probably DVD minus R burns or whatever, twenty something bucks shipped from Greece. So, um, oh yeah, uh, Paula Paula is another one. But yeah, so so some of the I think they just basically they're they're boots. But you know, as a collector, you always try to find. Part of the fun is finding the film instead of actually watching the film. And even in society of today, uh, you know, because I'm 47 years old and, like, in the 90s and shit, it was cool because, like, living up in California, in Sacramento, I would, like, drive down to Berkeley and rent videos from a store, come back up and record them onto my VCR and then go back down and take them back a couple days later. Or I'd go to L.A. and, like hang out with a friend and like dub down there and buy shit and come back up and, and all that stuff. And then when the internet came in and everything became really available and the, the hunt for finding, you know, places going out of business and mom and pop stores and that you would find these rare things and that became less of a chase, you know? So nowadays that's why I think part of me likes to do this too, is to find these places. Oh, I found a guy in, in Greece that's selling these four bootlegs I have that I need or it's little things like that I think are still cool and that's as time goes by it seems like that's a harder and harder thing to do. So that's part of being a collector I think too and that's part of the joy of all of us listening to shows like this and that is because we all share that common interest or certain stories or for generations that are younger you know you kind of learn through these things that we all went through. So but uh, yeah so I don't know that was just a little uh thoughts there about uh the franco stuff um we're also uh in november now so we're going to have some sales coming up uh word is there might be a franco release through severin um they're announcing uh new stuff come up every day so we got fingers crossed for that um hearing it might be center but i'm not sure we'll, we'll see but, uh, yeah, so um, once again, thank you all for listening to the uh, Franco Observer podcast. Please tell your friends, other Franco people you know that are Franco Files. Um, 
saw on the analytics that we had uh, listeners from Spain and from Germany listening in this last time. So I want to say thank you very much and uh, hope you enjoy the show and uh, please listen more. We got many more episodes to come and uh, we will be seeing you soon. All right, beautiful nights. All right, beautiful nights.